Oh, and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are continuing our series on the attributes of God using, uh, basically using A.W. Pink's book, The Attributes of God. And so we've talked about uh, God's uh, uniqueness, and last week, if you recall, we continued on and we talked about uh, episode number two, the decrees of God. And so now, with the, that was with Brian Hansen, and now uh, week three of this, we're talking about the knowledge of God. And with us is the one and only James White, except not that James White, <laughs> but the one and only James White that will come on this podcast, uh, the pastor of the Lighthouse Community Church in Vernon, Alabama, and also the host of the Everyday Ministry Podcast. James, uh, welcome back to our podcast. Thanks, man. It's um Luckily, I got to be on an episode, I guess it's been about a year ago at this point. Uh, we talked about pastoral ministry, if I remember correctly. That is um, correct. And I'm honored uh, honored that you called me back a uh, second time, because at that point, uh, I was not comfortable with uh, talking on uh, a podcast just quite yet. And so uh, I guess it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was. Well, it was, but we, that's why we waited a year to have you come back. We were hoping everyone <laughs> forgot about what happened in the past. But anyway, that, see that makes that <laughs> makes sense too. Showing a little bit of God's uh, grace and mercy, right? <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about the Everyday Ministry podcast because you have your own podcast. It's it's a, it's a great podcast. I've listened to that. Uh, so tell listeners what they could expect once they finished with my podcast. What they can expect with yours? Well, um, as we were kind of talking about beforehand. Um, Really, in the last year since I was on here last, it's kind of morphed into something slightly different than what we began. Um, really, as we got into it and really allowed uh, Ephesians 4 to kind of shape our idea of what an everyday minister is. And so really what it's morphed into is discussing uh, the everyday life, um, everything that comes with serving uh, our Lord and Savior. And so... Um, really, what we do now is we have four co-hosts, and you have myself, which is a um, pastor of a church. We have a gentleman named Jamie Owens. He's a, a church member at my uh, congregation. Then we have a gentleman named Chris Noseworthy. He is a, um, a lay elder at his church, an associate pastor there. And then Daniel Brown, he's a youth pastor. And from time to time, we also have guests that uh, represent other forms of ministry. Um, really, our goal and our purpose is to address every area of everyday ministry, and really, that is an array of things. That can be doctrinally, that can be practical, and so we talk about ministry, uh, simply as that. Well, and you can find that at www.everydayministrypodcast.com. All right, so James, we're talking about the knowledge of God this uh, part three in our series on the attributes. And uh, so when we're talking about the knowledge of God, we're going to define that first. And sometimes we use the word omniscient to describe God's knowledge. Talk to us a little bit about what, what does that mean? When we think God's omniscience, really, and honestly, what it equates to, and this is just a simple definition, is that God knows everything. Right. He's all-knowing. Um, and so I think we can just go ahead and cut the podcast off there, right? Yeah, just, right. God knows everything. Well, um, that, so like, the question, yeah, the question I would have is, um, as we get into this, so would you say that God, in His omniscience and His foreknowledge, as you're going to talk about next week, 
did he know that we would be sitting here talking about this uh, attribute of himself on whatever day this is? I don't think you understand this podcast. I'm the one asking the questions. But you're trying to trick well, me. Well, fine. But, <laughs> no, but yes, absolutely. I believe that God, God absolutely knew that you and I would be sitting down right now and talking about him knowing about this event. Absolutely. And uh, I think that's just a beautiful thing is that God does know everything. Um, and I think um, just really when we think about this, to me, it's just an overwhelming attribute of God. Uh, I think most of his attributes are overwhelming, but to me, this is one of the most uh, overwhelming ones because the fact that God does know everything. Um, and it's really, you know, kind of to play off my error a minute ago, I couldn't pronounce the word correctly. Um, but God and the foundation of the world knew exactly what would be going on in this moment and exactly everyone that would be listening to your podcast episode. And so it's really just, uh, we're going to look at it later, I guess, under the application of this. But it's really just a joy to know that God does know everything. One of the things we've been emphasizing in this series is just the idea that sometimes we just, as we study this, going beyond the academic uh, aspect, just stopping and, and just being awestruck by who God is. And we think about God's knowledge. You know, there's a lot of people who think they know everything, or at least they act as if they think they know everything. But even they know there are so much uh, that you can't possibly know. And, you know, and we're, we don't just simply mean that God knows, God, God has studied himself into a deeper knowledge and to a more expansive knowledge than we have. But God knows everything, period. Every possibility, everything that could be, is, was, will be. Uh, there, there's no limit to God's knowledge. And to that, we just stop and say, wow, that is, that is the God we serve. That, that is the right. incredible, awesome power of God that I can't even fathom. Well, I was just going to, and I may be getting ahead of you here, but when you read through uh, A.W. Payton's book here, um, a little bit farther down, he actually has a quote where he says, uh, the appreciation of his omniscience ought to uh, bow us in adoration before him, yet how little do we meditate upon this divine perfection. It's because the very thought of it fills up with uneasiness. And I think that's just a, you know, when we kind of look at the definition of God's omniscience, is the fact that it does cause this uneasiness in us. Yeah. Uh, because we, we don't understand what's going to happen in the rest of this day or even tomorrow, the rest of our lives. And the fact that God understands and knows all things is, is overwhelming at times. Absolutely. Well, let's look at, at Psalm 139. Because I want to continue really right on that thought. And uh, Psalm 139, the first few verses, let me read that here. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path, and my lying down are acquainted with all your ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay out your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot obtain it. And uh, what fascinates me here is uh, we talked about God knowing all things. And 
human beings obviously don't have that power. And because of that, it's easy for me to hide things from other people. It's easy for me. Uh, you know, Jim, you don't know me at all. You, you know me only through this podcast. And I can probably sound quite spiritual and quite, quite knowledgeable uh, when I talk about these, not when I mispronounce words, but um, when I wax eloquent here in theology, and you might have a misconception of me, because you don't know who I am, and, and many people don't, but God knows every thought that I think, every action that I do, and that, that scares me sometimes. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, that thought there that it scares you that God knows even the darkness and the deepest and the darkest things in you. It goes back even the way uh, Adam felt, yeah. you know, after he sinned. He thought he could hide from God, but in all reality, he couldn't. And even uh, when Cain killed Abel, you know, Cain tried to hide it by covering up with, you know, my brother's keeper. But in all reality, God knew that from the full knowledge as well and knew that situation knew exactly what's going on and it's a very scary thing that God knows even the deepest and darkest things inside of us um, and I think sometimes we're always that God even knows it better than we know it ourselves yeah is that he knows our capacity of sin he knows the deepness and the the darkness of our depravity and um, I, it's a it's a terrifying thing because we think of the judgment of God but I think the other side of that, though, would be the the glorifying and the amazing thing is that God even knows that deep, the deep and darkness inside of us. Yeah, and it's it, in some degree, it can also be comforting in with the idea that there are you know you have the everyday ministry podcast, and sometimes being an everyday pastor or an average pastor, as opposed to you know the big celebrity. Uh, pastor, it, it, it can be discouraging to think, here I am serving away in this little town no one's ever heard of, at this church that hardly anyone goes to, and no one's buying my books, people aren't downloading my podcast by the thousands, and it can be discouraging, but then we think, you know what, God knows where I'm at, in fact, God put me where I'm at, God knows what I'm doing, and the most important audience here absolutely is aware of everything that I'm doing, and that's not going unnoticed. Well, and that's the the amazing thing about God's knowledge is that it's not separated from his will. Yeah. And, and it's because his will is why the things are laid out the way they are and why they unfold the way they do. And so, like you're getting at there, is that everything that we encounter, the things that will happen in our life, is happening, and God not only knows about them, but He has planned them in such a way that it will happen. And so, there's that. There is that joy and that delight in that that we can find a comfort in that God is upholding us throughout of all of this life. Yeah, and that kind of goes into uh, Acts chapter 15 and verse 18. I want to start with verse 16. Um, After this, I will return. I will build the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. That, mo- that remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, quotation back from the Old Testament. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from old. Um, here, God is saying, I-, I knew this from the very beginning. I planned this. I've known this. Uh, earlier in the book of Acts, we see uh, Paul on-, on Mars Hill. And 
he's talking about just that whole idea of nations rise and nations fall, and God planned the whole thing. Uh, we see that throughout. God knows the end from the beginning. All of that, uh, there is nothing that escapes the knowledge of God. Well, you know, I don't know if your listeners know this, and I may be releasing too much of your private information here, but and uh, your your trade secrets of podcasting. But you know, you sent me uh, the show notes of kind of the direction you wanted to go with this conversation. And as I was reading the scripture you gave, you know, whenever I got to Acts chapter two, I mean Acts fifteen, and, and read this, I couldn't help but even think about even when God calls Abraham. And, you know, in um, Genesis fifteen thirteen, it says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. And then when you keep reading into Exodus 3, 7 and 8, you see the introduction of, of Moses coming into the scene, and Moses finds himself in the burning bush, and God tells him there, I have seen the affliction of my people. And so what we know is that even from the beginning of Abraham's call, he's, God says to him, I'm going to make you a people, and then your people will be afflicted for 400 years, but then I'm going to deliver them, and my name will be made great because of this. And it is because God knows it all, right? I mean, that God's unfolding this and, and working in this. And um, I have another example as well, but I'll let you move on. <laughs> well, even you know, looking at the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, and seeing the succession of nations and even uh, the prophesying of when the Messiah would come, all of these things, long before they ever took place, God said, this is what's going to happen. And, so, you know, Bible prophecy, again, another evidence of God's omniscience and God's great knowledge that has no limitations and has no boundaries. Well, and, you know, kind of going back to Acts, um, Acts Chapter two, twenty-three. You know Peter's uh, preaching on, on, you know, and delivering this message. And then twenty-three says, "This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men." Is that even from the beginning of time that God's plan and God's understanding of what would unfold was that Christ would come and die and die at the hands of His own people? I mean, and. Uh, we not only see that in, in history itself, but also in the redemption of the world. Well, let's um, move to some dangers to avoid here as the, as the clock is ticking away. We talked about two, two different, um, I, I think it's safe to say heresies within the church, although um, many wouldn't consider Molinism to be a heresy, but a, a false doctrine or, or, or whatever. But uh, open theism and Molinism are, are popular among some uh, modern theologians today, and they're both very similar in that they want to limit the knowledge of God. So, uh, James, what do you, how do you react when people espouse the idea of uh, things like uh, open theism? God doesn't know the future because the future hasn't happened, therefore uh, we can't know it, and therefore God doesn't know it because it's not possible to know. Well, I think... I guess to not, not to oversimplify this in the way I look at this uh, theology is really it's putting God in a box. Uh, we're saying that God is God is big enough and powerful enough to create the entire world from nothing to speak it into existence, um, and then to say that He doesn't know all things. I, you know, even just the 
I don't know what the five examples we looked at in scriptures just a minute ago. Uh, it's like they overlook all of these uh, examples throughout God's word where he says exactly what is going to happen and then, and then it unfolds before the eyes of man. I, I, I personally don't understand how one comes to this uh, belief uh, because it's clear that God knows all things. And I think that's what does separate um, saying that open theism is a heresy where many would say that Molinist isn't uh, because Molinist doesn't, it's not, it's not completely saying God doesn't know all things, but it's kind of the approach of how God knows all things where open theism is complete heresy because, you know, it is saying God doesn't know all things. So it's limiting him um, and saying that he, he doesn't know this. I mean, let's talk about Molinism because Molinism is a little more complicated. Again, I think, I think you're right. I don't think I'd classify it as necessarily a heresy. I believe a Christian can believe this. I think they're wrong in believing that, but Someone who is a saved child of God can be mistaken with this, and, and that involves the idea of a, of a middle knowledge. That, um, yeah. in a sense, that God is learning. God knows all possibilities, and, and God is waiting for you to choose A or B. And once you choose A and B, God knows what path A goes down and what path B goes down. Um, talk to us a little bit about that concept and, and why and how that that distorts. What, what the scriptures actually teach. Well, even that, I think what it does, and you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I believe what it does is it takes the power out of the hand of an omnipotent God and places it in the hands of fallible man and saying that man, in essence, is more powerful than God because, in theory, man can change the will and the plan of God. Then also it it almost treats God as um, almost like a clockmaker where he wound up the clock and he just uh, let it go and he intervenes here and there to make sure everything's running correctly and uh, and just leaves man to their free choices and to do whatever they please and as long as his ultimate plan is fulfilled in the end then he's okay with it um, and I could be approaching it wrong I just don't think that would be the right way of approaching it either because what we see in multiple scriptures is that not only does God know all things but he also has planned all things and he's working out his will throughout all over the world uh, and all time and so I think it I think it puts a, a limit also just as open theism does puts a limit on what God can and cannot do and um, I think that's a dangerous thing and I, I think um, I think people believe in this to kind of reconcile the relationship between God's God's omnipotent, omniscience power that he has and reconcile man's free will. So uh, I would almost categorize it more as a philosophy rather than theology because it's just a way of reconciling it in man's heart, I believe. Well, I think when we look at Scripture— God's knowledge is not based out of his intelligence. Like he, he's not like you know a detective who can just figure things out, and he's not you know just mainly like a fortune teller who just looks into the annals of history and sees what happens. Uh, but God knows what's going to happen because he planned it. He had a purpose behind yeah. that. And when you take that away, um, you weaken. You, you come up with a weakened concept of God that is not biblical. I think a lot of people exactly. want to see that because they're scared of 
what we would call Reformed theology or Calvinism, the idea that God elects and God foreknows and that if God, how does that affect my free will? How does that affect my ability? I want to retain that right to make my own decisions and plot my own course. And I think that it, that both of these ideas of open theism and Molinism are rooted in that fear and not in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's turn no to doubt. And... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> um, let's, let's turn to the application section. So what do we do with this? How should this doctrine affect our personal life, our everyday uh, journey and our walk with the Lord? Um, to use a, a really just an interesting day to be recording this podcast, um, and I kind of I don't know if I told you this before we started recording, but you know I woke up this morning getting ready to go to work like I do every day of the week, and got up this morning getting ready going to work, and I, I make it to the kitchen and I, I'm pulling out the fruit for my breakfast this morning, and I, I realized that my refrigerator quit working. And so this evening I had the joy of going and spending $1,500 to buy another refrigerator. And I think this is just, and I'm using this simple example because, you know, in my mind and in my heart, I could be freaking out about dropping that much money on a refrigerator right now. Um, But in all reality, um, this is just part of life, right? It's part of what we go through in this life. And, you know, that's just a simple example of, you know, the other things that we go through in this life that are, are grievous and, and difficult and hard, um, you know, losing family members, losing loved ones, um, finding ourselves sick and, and going through difficulty. You know, when we find ourselves in these moments, because God is all-knowing, not only because, not only is he all-knowing, but he has planned this out and he's working this out, then we can rest in the fact that God is all-knowing. Um, and scripture is clear that he is working all things out for his will, but it, it, for those who love him, it is for their good as well. And so because God is all-knowing and because he's all-knowing, because he has worked this out beforehand, then even in the difficult moments, in the hard moments, we can rest in the fact that God is working something out that we may not understand because we can't look past our current day. But what we can do is trust in the fact that he is holding our future. He is the one that is working this out not only for his will, which is the most important thing, but for our good, because what we're looking at is trusting in his will. So when I go through difficult times in life, I can rest in the knowledge that God knew I would be in this position. A exactly. all-wise and all-loving God knew I would be here and wanted me to be here. And so while it's an irritation to me, I can recognize there's more at going on behind the scenes that I don't know about and God wants me here God planned for me to be here God knows I'm here so therefore I have to submit to his will exactly and though we would agree the Molinist idea that God is allowing certain things to happen and he's he understands and sees the the future events and the possibilities though that's a that's a heresy to some extent or we would disagree to some extent Uh, but what we can know is that God would know because he is all knowing the possibilities if things were different, right? Yeah. Um, and so for whatever reason, whatever we go through in this life is the way that he has chosen right. to unfold his plan 
and place us in this moment for a specific reason. And we may not understand that reason, but we can trust and hope and find pleasure in those difficult moments because yeah. God is the one that's placed us there. Absolutely. It's not the world is out to get us. It's not karma. It's not anything outside of God has placed us in this moment for whatever reason that he has planned. You know, you mentioned karma, and I, I'm shocked at how many Christians unknowingly subscribe to some sort of uh, Christian oh, yeah. sense of karma that as long as I do what's right, good things are going to happen. And if something bad's happened, that means I must have done something to mess this up somewhere. And uh, oh, yeah. it's all dependent upon me. Yeah, that, well, that little sin that I committed, or we know all sins are grievous towards God, and none, none are little, but that, that sin that we committed or that we consider little, you know, that, that sin that I committed this morning is causing this bad thing to happen in my life. Yeah. And unless I get rid of that sin... God is going to continue to allow this happen to me, and it's it's uh, it's a it's a form of legalism essentially. Yeah. But um, you know, it's 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 horrible though. It's, we can't live in that. No, I mean, so um, when I, my life would be horrible every day. So <laughs> when I stubbed my toe this morning, it wouldn't have happened if I had spent a few more minutes in my devotions or put an extra exactly. buck in the offering plate or something. <laughs> yeah, because if you would have spent you know two more minutes in your devotion. Whatever it was that got in your way wouldn't have been there because somebody would have moved it. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I hear people say that about, um, you know, I pray that God gives me mercy as I travel and, uh, you know, something happened and caused me to be delayed a few minutes. And then I drove down the road and I saw this horrible accident and I thought, oh, man, if I if I that thing hadn't happened and that would have been me. And I thought, you know, that's a, not a great theology to have. Um uh, and, you know, or I could look at it the different way and say, you know, is, the, is that guy in that accident there because of me? If, if I had, anyway. But, you know, you go down that list, and it's just a horror. We could just sit back and say, you know what? God is in charge. God knows what's happening. Um, all right, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. And, you know, it's funny because you and I were talking about can we fill a whole uh, segment with this? And, and we're, we're, we're running out of time already. Um, so yeah. we're talking about... Our recommended resources, we try to wrap up every program with uh, books or helpful articles or whatever that will help us dig a little deeper. James, are there any uh, resources you'd recommend uh, people to read to just uh, – we've, we've only scratched the surface of this topic. What, what, what could we do to go a little deeper? Well, I, I, I know this is kind of the point you're trying to make in this series and kind of what you're pointing to. Uh, but to be completely honest, the biggest thing that's helped me in understanding more about God is A.W. Pink's book. Yeah. And that's why when you that's why when you messaged me about doing this this episode, I was like, well, I, I, I've been reading it anyway. And so I, I really do want to recommend The Attributes of God. I don't know if you realize this or not. I'm not sure if you're an Apple fan or if you're an Android fan. I, I mean, you've never had that argument. Uh, we may have to, you know, that's a that's a primary issue. So we may have to separate separate from one another if you're an Android fan. But well, I'm um, not a member of the Apple um, cult. If you're talking about that, no. Uh, well, you're talking about the the right way of living. Um, but if you are an Apple fan and you have an an iPhone or laptop or iPad, whatever the case may be, uh, or if you like me and you have all of them, then what you can do is you can actually get a copy of A. W. Pink's book Attributes of God for free in the, Apple, in the Apple bookstore. And so if you don't have it already, go ahead and get that digital copy. It's been, it'll be a wonderful resource for you. 
as you unfold these topics. Well, and if you're right with God and you do have an Android phone or even just a simple computer, there's lots of other places you can get that. You don't have to compromise your standards and beliefs to go to the Apple iTunes store or wherever. Uh, anyway, uh, I also want to recommend, uh, when it comes to open theism, a book by Bruce Ware, God's Lesser Glory, The Diminished God of Open Theism, is, is a good resource to look at that. And again, and I want to echo the sentiments about A.W. Pink's book, which is why we've chosen that book to go through for our study. So, James, thanks for taking the time with us, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Man, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on here. And I uh, just want to encourage uh, you as you continue to do what you do. I know God's using it uh, for his good and his glory. And that's exactly why you're doing it right now, because God knew that you would be. Right. And we, again, we want to recommend the Everyday Ministry Podcast. You can find that at www, Everyday Ministry Podcast, And you could probably find that on your uh, iTunes account as well, um, if you want to go down that road. Anyway. It, you, you can even do it on Google Play. Yeah, you could. You could. All right. Well, uh, thank all of you for listening. Don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You can find all the resources and even more we mentioned uh, on there. And don't forget forget us on Twitter at BasicBibleCast. And next week we'll be talking about the foreknowledge of God. Pastor Aaron White will be uh, joining us once again to talk about that. So you won't want to miss that. So until then, have a great rest of your week. <laughs>